We're going to switch gears for a second here. Uh, let's look over to the book of Acts 2 and verse 41. So today is Life Group Sunday, and uh, we're excited about that. So we're going to talk to you about the power of community this morning. The power of community. Now, don't get me started on this because I love talking about the local church, and I love talking about why we need each other. It's just like, I don't know what I was going to say, like taking candy from a baby. It's just too, it's too good. It's too easy for me because it's just in my heart. So Acts 2, verse 41, we're going to start there in the New Living Translation. We're going to talk about the power of community. It says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. God believes in mega churches. I don't know if you realize that. This is the first day of the church. 3,000 plus believers were at the beginning of the church. Verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And they worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Can I get amen this morning? So today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is The Power of Community. The Power of Community. Now, what we just read was the beginning of the church, which you're a part of. 2,000 plus years later, you're a part of that same church. The same church that started in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. You're still a part of that church. And we can learn something from the early church, the early believers, because that is the blueprint on how we should do church. And so in Acts 2, 41 through 47, it gives us the blueprint on how the early church started and how they lived, how they did life together. And so that's where we want to kind of start our foundation today on why it's important for us to be in community. And notice it says Acts 2, let's pull it up again, in verse 41, we're going to start there. It says, those who believed what Peter had said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. And notice, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So when it says the apostles' teaching, it's talking about what you're doing on Sunday morning. It's talking about these early believers would gather together and they would come under spiritual leadership to be taught the word of God. That's what's happening on Sunday morning. But then they didn't stop there. And to fellowship... That's outside the church. And to sharing in meals, can I get amen? amen? Including the Lord's Supper. So they ate the regular meal and they shared the Lord's Supper together and to prayer. That's what we just did together as a church family. In verse, verse 43, it says, And a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together. Notice that they were in community. They met together in one place and shared everything they had. And they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. 
And notice what it says in verse 46. And they worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So we see here that in that verse that they not only met in the temple or the church, they met in homes throughout the week. And so we see the importance of not just gathering together on Sundays or a special meeting, a special time, but what we do outside of the church together as a church family is just as important. And so it said they met in homes, they ate together, they prayed together. And it says, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. Could you leave that up there, that verse? So we're talking today about the power of community. So a couple years back, um, I was thinking about this church and I had the idea, it's not like a new idea that I was the first person who came up with it, because there's been small groups, life groups, since the first day of the church. This is not a new idea, and most churches do that because it's important, the community, the fellowship, the getting together. But a few years ago, I was thinking about it, praying about it, and I was Thinking, on, uh, thinking about things that could help our church and uh, really make it better. And I realized something about our church. We have a great church, and we've had a great kids ministry. We've had a great youth ministry, and we've done a lot of great things. Our church is known for, for preaching the Word of God. Our church is known for the Holy Spirit. We're known for those things. But I realized something, that a lot of people in our church would come to service on Sunday morning, but then they would go Monday through Saturday living life and doing life with other people that weren't church people. And I realized there was a disconnect between what's going on at church and what's going on at home, and that's not the way it should be because that's not the way the early church was. And I realized that there was people that have come to this church 15, 20, 30 years that sat next to people that did the high and by preacher stuff, church stuff. (laughs) How you doing? God bless. But they didn't know those people. And they've been sitting by them for 20 years. They didn't know the names of their kids. They didn't know where they worked. They didn't know anything about them other than hi, bye, God bless you. That's not church at all. That's not church. That's not the early church. That's not the way we should be living. And so there was a disconnect, especially in this church, in this house, because I'm the pastor. I saw it, and I was like, this should not be this way. There shouldn't be this gap between we act one way on Sunday, and then we don't see these people the rest of the week, and we're living a separate life with a separate career and a separate group of friends and a separate community and a separate uh, group of ideas and people and hobbies and places And then we come back and we act different on Sunday. That's not church. Real church is, yes, we come together, we gather together to hear the word of God, to pray together, to worship together. That's important. But we see the early church did life together outside the church. And that's when it started growing. That's when people started changing. That's when the early church started taking over the world is when they were doing life together. And the world saw it and wanted to be a part of it. When they saw the church really being the church 
and doing life together. And notice in these verses, it said, they met daily. Now, most of you are only here Sunday morning because that's all we have right now. For some of you who are in the Corey age group, you come on Wednesday nights. The early church met daily. So this idea that, oh, pastor, you're doing too much at church, give me a break. The early church met daily, and they had jobs. They weren't all, all homeless people. They had jobs. They had careers. They had families. They had things to do. They were busy. Their kids were in soccer, too. But they made a commitment, and they made it to be a priority. Are you guys liking this or not liking this? I'm going to keep preaching it whether you are or not. They made it a priority to do life together because that was the answer for them, to grow in their relationship with God and grow in their relationship with one another and to really walk out this Christian life. You can't do it by yourself. You can't. So we see the early church did life together. They prayed together. They ate together. They took up the Lord's Supper together. Notice they gave each other money when other people had needs. Why? Because it's family. They did all those things because they were living and doing life together. And notice when that happened, the church was thriving. The church was powerful. The church was changing the world. The church was growing when the church does life together. You hear me so far this morning. And notice, it wasn't just a few people. It was over 3,000 people that were doing this. So don't act like it was just a little small thing. Oh, it's not a big deal for them to get together. 3,000 people. That's a big deal to get 3,000 people together all the time. And that's just the first day. If you know anything about the early church, they went from 3,000 to 5,000 to 10,000 to 50,000 to 100,000. And then it started being churches, not just in Jerusalem, but churches in Rome, churches in Philippi, churches in Colossae, churches in Galatia, churches all over the known world. And it said they turned the world upside down. Till today, it's over 2 billion believers on the planet. But they started with 3,120 at the first day of the church. But they started by doing life together. Because there's power in community. You know what I realized with our church, one of the main reasons we did life group, because we saw that need for our church to get together, to have community, to have right friends and right fellowship, to have people they can talk to about the things of God who can encourage one another. But we realize there's so much power in community. Now, let me give you an example of this. Because the Corey group was already doing life groups before you adults knew anything about it. That's why the Corey is what it is is because we were doing life together. Let me tell you a little something about this. So I took over the quarry like literally right after I graduated out of high school. So a lot of the quarry leaders today, they were all in middle school at that time. 
And so we grew together as the Corey group, and then they got into high school. And then there was something that happened between high school and college, and a lot of them went to IUS. This is what happened. Not only were we here on Sundays, and we were here on Wednesdays, and we were here on the regular church services, but we started doing life together. And we started doing life together, and now I know no one had any responsibilities back then either. But literally every night of the week, we were doing something. We were eating somewhere. We were playing Frisbee somewhere. We were doing volleyball. We were at the Steels house. And you know what happened? The Corey group got stronger. It got better. And you know what? It did what this verse says, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And the Corey group started growing, and it got stronger. We were rolling 45 deep to Don Pablo's on a Thursday night. 45 deep to Don Pablo's on a Thursday night. We kept them in business. And I think we could all agree the Corey group has been a major part of this church and its energy and its enthusiasm. And now a lot of those leaders are young adults now today in this church. They're pillars of this church. They're young pillars, but they're pillars of this church. But it started way back when, not just coming to church, that wasn't enough. It was doing life together outside of the church. And the parents, oh, I'm about to preach. And the parents had enough sense to have their kids hanging out with church kids instead of school kids. Y'all don't want it today. Y'all don't want it. And so when they got a license, they didn't just let them drive anywhere. They said, oh, if you're going to the Steels house, you can go. But if you're going with your friends, you stay at home. And look how they turned out. Come on now, somebody. Anyways, side note. But the Corey group is what it is. And those young adults in our church right now, because... They were doing life together back here in middle school, in high school, in college. The reason we had 30 or 40 people going down to college in IUS and we didn't lose a single one of them is because they were doing life together. They were doing life together. So we were doing this way before you adults knew anything about it. Ha, ha, ha. But it works. Why? Because it's not just fun. It's scriptural. And if God says that you need community, guess what? You need community. He knows what's best for you, and there's power in community. I'm fired up this morning, I know. There's power in community. And what did it say? And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. So you know what happens when the church is really the church, not just acts one way Sunday and forgets about their church family Monday through Saturday? No, when they really do life together and they really love each other and they're really praying for one another and they're really giving to one another when somebody's in need and they're really living this life and eating together and exercising together and texting each other and calling each other and doing life together and not living an isolated life the world will see that and say, I want what they have. When they see the church doing life together, 
Because they don't know anything about a community like that. A selfless community? You guys give to each other when you're in need? Yep. You guys pray for each other? Yes. You're there for each other? Yes. You eat together, you hang out together, you text each other, you call each other, you do coffee with each other. If, you, if you're in need, you go to their house and you help them and you talk to them. Yes, we're doing life together. But not just community, selfless community, a divine community. And when the world sees that, they want that. But you know, during that period of time, a young man by the name of Michael Manning Right there. Good looking young man. Started coming to our church from IUS. Why? Because he saw the community and he liked what he saw. There's a girl by the name of Jessica Mills back then who turned into Jessica Bach who started coming during that period of time. She got plugged into our church. There's also a man who came for a free chili dinner named Amzie Bach. He didn't come because he wanted to be here. He came for the free food. <laughs> hey, you got to do whatever it takes. Free food? Future worship leader? Hey, we'll give you all you want to eat. Reel them in. But there was a man by Amzie Bach that came to our church from my U.S. Why? Because he saw the community. He saw young people doing life together, who loved each other and prayed for each other and was for each other. And those people, and I could list many more names that you know about today, they all started coming during that period of time. Why? The Lord added to the church those who were being saved. But how did he do it? He did it because the people that were outside of the church saw what the church had and said, I want that. I want to be a part of something like that. I want to do life with people like that. I want to have that kind of community in my life because everybody wants that. No one says on the planet, I'd rather be alone and isolated the rest of my life. No one says that. No one wants that. Why? Because God put a desire. He made you that way, created you that way, that you need community. You need other people. And there's power in community. Well, I'll preach myself happy already. You realize that uh, you were created that way. Let me give you a scripture. Genesis 2 and verse 18. This is after God created Adam. He said, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. But notice what he says, it is not good for man to be alone. We need each other. Now, if God says it's not good for you to be alone, it's not good for you to be alone. All the trouble you ever get into is when you're by yourself. Come on now, somebody. Any thought that's crazy and off the wall is not when you're at church. It's when you're by yourself. Anything you do you regret is by yourself. Why? Because the enemy takes advantage of us when we're alone. And God said, it's not good that man is alone. Now think about this, because for those of you who say, well, I just need me and God. God's the one who said this. And in the context, it was only God and Adam at the time. 
And God still said, it's not good for you to be alone. So there's something you need in other people that God says, you need to get this from other people, not me. That's wild. But that's what he said. And it was just God and Adam and animals in the beginning. He said, Adam, you're getting weird already. (laughs) You need somebody. (laughs) He said, it's not good that you're alone. Why? Because God created us for community. He created us for each other. We need each other. So it's not good that we're alone. That's why we need each other. There's power in community. You realize doing life together is so important. We see that even people that don't know God, never read a scripture, but people that study human beings and your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, they have proven that when you live in community with other people, you live longer, you're healthier physically, mentally, emotionally, you're more of a joyful happy person, you have more fulfillment, you're a stronger person, all because you live in community. Now we're talking about people that don't even know God are saying these things. I wonder why. Because God said in the beginning, it's not good that you're alone. I created you for community. So when we're outside community, what happens? We physically start breaking down. We mentally start breaking down emotionally, spiritually, and every other ways because we're not living the way God created us to live. So we need each other. We need to do life together. I was thinking about this earlier today, thinking about, you know, people live longer, they're healthier when they live in community Do you realize that is the reason we have nursing homes? Do you guys know that? Because they realize when somebody starts getting older and they're by themselves and they don't have anybody, physically and mentally, they start declining rapidly. Why? Because they weren't created to be alone. They weren't created to be isolated. So this is what we do which is a good thing. They made nursing homes so other older people that are having physical or mental issues or other things, they can live in community, and those people live so much longer than the people that just stay in their house by themselves. Because physically, mentally, emotionally, in every other way, it does something to help them really live when they live in community and they're not isolated. Guess who came up with that God he created us for community we need it so people that are in an environment like that live longer are healthier and have more fulfillment than those who try to isolate themselves and be alone why because God designed you that way and it's powerful there's power in community let's look at a verse here Proverbs 18 and verse 1 one of my favorite verses all time It says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desires and rages against all wise judgment. I mean, I can't can't count how many times I've quoted this to a young person in my life. A man or woman who isolates himself seeks his own desires and rages against all wise judgment. Now, let's look at it from the Passion Translation. An unfriendly person isolates himself and seems to care only about his own issues. For his contempt of sound 
judgment makes him a recluse. What was I saying earlier? When you get in trouble, you're always by yourself. When we isolate ourselves and make ourselves alone and act like we're too busy for people, it's not because we have the right motives. It's not. And that's the plan and the trick of the enemy, to isolate you, to get you alone, to get you separate, because that's when he takes advantage of you. And the Bible says in Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom, it rages against all wise judgment when we live isolated, alone lives. Why? Because we were created for community. I want to talk to you about two different things as we continue here. Community is so important, but community and doing life with other people does two things. And I'm going to give you a couple more at the end, but these two things. And I want to say it like this. There's strength in numbers and there's safety in numbers. Come on now, somebody. There's strength in numbers and there's safety in numbers. And we see this, that there comes strength in numbers because we know that we can do more together than we can apart. How many know one person can't pull as much as 100 people together? You can do so much more because it becomes multiplied when you add people and more people and more people. Like the Bible says, one could put 1,000, but two can put 10,000. There's a principle in the Bible that The stronger you are, the more people you have. So there's strength in numbers. And we see here that there is a strength that comes that we can do more together. We can reach more people for God together than we can apart. We can give more together than we can apart. We can do more things for the kingdom of God together than we can apart because there's strength in numbers. You know, there's something about the Golden State Warriors. Like them or hate them, they're still champions. But their go-to line for the Golden State Warriors is this, strength in numbers. Now, what they're saying is this, because they already got a stock team and a lot of all-stars. But what they're saying is this, you could get the number one player or you can put somebody off the bench. But all of us know how to play. And there's strength in numbers. We don't have any weak links here because there's strength in numbers. And how many know that's the same for the church? We got some all-stars in here. And we got some bench players. But good news is, you can all play. And every person does their unique part. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant need the bench players just as much as they need them. Because they all do their part. They're all important. And so I love that their line is strength in numbers because their whole team is together. They're all in. They do life together. They're committed to each other. And that's why they win championships. Strength in numbers. And that's what should be said of not just this church, but every church. We have strength in numbers. We can do more together than we can apart from each other. There's strength in numbers. But also there's safety in numbers. You know, if anyone's ever watched Shark Week before, it's always the lone seal who gets taken out. Not the group of seals over here playing. It's the lone seal who pastors himself at Coffee Crossing. 
It's the loan seal that hops churches week after week after week. It's the loan seal that thinks just because we have podcasts and I can listen to all the preachers online, I'm just going to stay home. It's the loan seal that the shark goes after. Is that not true? Now, if the animal kingdom can figure this out, y'all, we can do it too. They have realized if we stick together, we'll all be safe. We'll all get home. We'll all get to eat. We'll all make it to our destination. But if we don't, bye-bye. Because the shark sees it and he goes after the isolated one. That's the same thing the enemy does. He goes after the isolated one. The one who's alone. The one who's by themselves. The one who pulls away from community. The one who says, I don't need life groups. I'm too busy. Oh, oh, the enemy loves that. Yes, you are. You're too busy. Don't get in one. Or the same person, oh, I'm just shy. I don't want to be in life group. I don't want people to know my business. All the devil's like, oh, whoa, whoa. good eating. <laughs> Go ahead, seal. Keep going. I don't know if I trust people at church, so I don't know if I want to get in the group. Oh, go ahead. Keep swimming away, little seal, because a shark sees blood in the water with that attitude. You're done. Seen it too many times. Seen it in my life already. I'm only 31 years old, but I've seen a lot of people do it already in church. You start seeing them less and less at events. Less and less at church, less and less at groups, and then eventually they don't return calls. They don't come back. We say we love you, we miss you, and we don't see them anymore. What happened? Isolated, alone, and it got them. Or we see the lion. We see him out in Africa somewhere going after the antelope. It's the lone antelope. By himself, by herself. What does the Bible said? The enemy seeks around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Notice he may devour. But he's only going after the people that are isolated because they're easy prey. I love this, and I think, I think it was Miss Rochelle, I think you shared this. There was this video of an elephant family. She shared this last time I preached on something like this. So there was this baby elephant that fell down in this, like, mud, mud hole. And so he was trying to get out and couldn't get out, and there's water in this, this little mud hole. And these lions started coming to try to take out the baby elephant. But you know what happened? The mama elephants came running. The daddy elephants came running. And they surrounded this hole, this mud hole that the baby elephant was in, and completely guarded this baby elephant. So anytime those lions tried to get through, jump over, crawl around, the elephants went, whoop. Because they were bigger and stronger and there's safety in numbers. There's safety in numbers. And that baby elephant, if it would have been by itself, it would have been gone. It would have been done. But that baby elephant was a good sheep. Or a good baby elephant. He loved the local church. He loved his pastor. He loved life groups. And he said, I'm not going to isolate myself because if I would have, he would have been a goner. But he said, I'm going to do life with people because there's safety in numbers. So when I'm weak, somebody else can be strong and come protect me. 
In this video, all the mamas and daddy elephants surrounded this elephant and protected it, and the lions couldn't get it. That's a real video. Why? Because there's safety in numbers. Safety in numbers. It's the same way with us. When you're weak, that's why you need other people. Because you're not always going to be the strong one. You're not. We all need each other, me included. We're always not going to be the strong one. Sometimes we need to call somebody and say, Brother Les, I'm having a problem and I feel weak today. Could you pray for me? You call Brother Joe, Brother Joe, I'm dealing with something right now, and I'm usually strong, but today I don't feel strong. Can you talk to me about this for a second? But imagine if you don't have anybody. It's dangerous. Easy prey for the enemy. We all need each other. No one has outgrown needing each other. And if you think you're so spiritually mature you don't need anybody, you're the most spiritually immature person in here. Including me, I need people. Dad needs people. We all need people. We can't do it by ourselves. It's the biggest lie the enemy has ever sold somebody, that I can do it by myself. You can't. So there's strength in number, but there's safety in numbers. And I want to share a couple more things with you about this before we talk more about life groups. I heard Pastor Andy Stanley say this. He said, we learn in rows, but we grow in groups. We learn in rows, but we grow in groups. So what is he saying here? and I fully agree with this statement, is when you're here on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or a special meeting and you're hearing a pastor preach, you're learning. That's awesome. And you need that. But once you really start growing and what you're learning is when you get together with other people and you start talking about it. And you say, well, what did you see in that verse right there? Or what did you think Pastor Jordan meant by this? Or this is what I got out of the message. You really start growing and advancing in your relationship with God when you're in a group. And so we learn in rows, but we grow in groups. And when we don't have a group of people in our lives that, that can pray with us and encourage us and talk about spiritual things and talk about real life, not superficial things like how's the weather and how are the Golden State Warriors doing? Okay, that's a starting place, but your conversations eventually have to get somewhere other than that or you're never going to grow. So we can learn in this setting, but we really grow when we do life together with other people. It helps us get the word that was preached to us down on the inside of us. Why? Because it's a part of us meditating the word of God. We're thinking about it. We're praying about it. We're hearing other people that are different than us talk about what they're learning, what they're getting, what they're receiving. And that's one of the most refreshing things we can do and we can grow in our relationship with God. So we grow in groups because it changes our perspective. It gives us different points of view from one another. We need each other. And when we isolate ourselves, we start to feel like everything we think or feel is right. Say that one more time. 
When we isolate ourselves, we start to think everything we think or feel is right. And that's pride. And we stop growing. Because you can't grow if you think you're right about everything already. But then you get into a group with people that are different than you. (gasps) Different financial backgrounds, different races, different ways they grew up. And they say something different than you that gets you into this growth mindset that you realize the world is bigger than the way I think and feel. Gives you a different perspective, a different point of view. And you start growing when you're in that environment instead of being by yourself thinking everything I think and feel is right. So when we isolate ourselves, it's not good. We can no longer grow as a person. Not just spiritually, but anyway, you can't grow mentally, emotionally, in your career, in your life, if you never get around other people that are different than you. You got to grow in groups. We need each other. We need each other's different giftings, different anointings, different graces, the way that people see things differently. We need that because it makes us a whole person that we can grow and change and become the person God's created us to be. So we learn in rows, but we grow in groups. God created us that way. And there's power in community. I want to read you one last verse. Hebrews 10 and verse 23. In the passion, I love this. Now, before we read this, let me give you the context of Hebrews. Hebrews is written to a persecuted church who is suffering. A lot of people think that this is written to a group of believers in Rome who is being extremely persecuted. Like, we're not talking Facebook persecution. We're talking like thrown to the lions in the arena persecution. We're talking thrown in jail persecution. So we're talking about a church who's suffering for what they believe. And they're being persecuted. And whoever wrote Hebrews, some say Paul, some say Apollos. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. But whoever wrote this is trying to encourage this church to press on, to keep going to keep growing in their relationship with God because the government and the culture is putting so much pressure on them. Does that sound familiar? Sound like today? The government and the culture is putting a lot of pressure on us as believers to give up what we believe and to change what we're doing. So that's the context. So now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us knowing that God always keeps his promises. I love this. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Now, you really got to hear this verse. Are you ready for this? And this is my exhortation to you too. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. It's Bible. I was saying this, but this is Bible, y'all. Let me exhort you right now because some of you have already done this and some of you are thinking about doing this. This is a warning to you from God. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meaning together. 
Listen to the rest of this. As some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. (laughs) It's just not an awesome verse. Listen, in fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. Look at that. Because we need each other, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. But now it's not the time to pull away or neglect. Notice, meeting together. Not just at church, but in groups. Doing life with the right people. Now it's not the time to do that. Pastor, why are you talking so serious? Because I don't want you to be the lone seal. I don't want you to be the lone antelope. I want you to stick with the herd and survive. I want you to stick with the group because there's safety and strength in numbers. I want you to grow into the person you're called to be, and you can't do that by yourself no matter how much you talk yourself out of it and tell yourself you're busy and you don't need other people, and I'm an introvert. I don't want to be in there anyways. No matter what lies you tell yourself, you need each other, and you need a community. The Bible says it's not the time to pull away or neglect meeting together, but we need each other. And I love it. He says, and actually, matter of fact, we should get together more. Y'all trying to pull away from already what we have, we should be together more. And it's the same is true for us. The darker it gets in the world, the brighter it gets in the church, the more we should desire to come together. Just to refresh each other. Just to get some light shining on us. Just to wash ourselves up from the dirtiness in the world. We need each other. We need more encouragement. We need more prayers. We need more preachers talking to us on a daily basis. Not less. We need it more. And notice what this writer said. This is what you need, church. And this is a church that's persecuted. Under a lot from the government and the culture. And he says, I'll tell you what your answer is. Better not stop meeting together. Don't neglect it. You actually guys should get together more because we need each other. Did you guys get something this morning? I actually asked three people to come share a testimony with you on what life group has meant to them before we go in the back and sign up today. So I want to ask you this. The three people I ask, I want you to tell who you are, what group you're in, and then tell what life group has meant to you. So, Jerry, why don't you come up here first? Come on, let's welcome Jerry Daly. Well, thank you, Pastor Jordan and Pastor Lauren, for the opportunity to share. Uh, My name is Jerry Daly, and I have been in Brother Les's and Brother Barry's life group, and it's been a wonderful experience, but with... With any testimony, you need to start from the beginning. So I was born. No. Uh, <laughs> um, my beginning uh, for life groups was, was not a wonderful testimony, uh, to be exact. In fact, when it was first presented, um, I wasn't real thrilled about it because I, I really appreciate the time that I'm able to spend with, uh, with my, my wife, Lois. And I was just going in the wrong direction with it and like, okay, well, now... Once every two weeks, 
I'm gonna have to go to a, have a commitment. And she is too, and like, you know, life is coming to an end and all this sort of thing. <laughs> and so very quickly, and it's great to have a nice spirit-filled wife who <laughs> corrects you every once in a while. And simply she just said, you need to give it a try. Nothing more, just give it a try because you don't make up your decisions before you've experienced it. So, um, so I did, and I signed up, and it has been, of all the time, how long have we been coming, 13, 14 years, maybe longer, it is the single most life-changing event for me, um, simply because it allowed me the opportunity to do things that on my own I may not have done, and so I've been able to grow from that. I, I do want to share just a few things about life groups that I've gotten out of it. And number one of them, and, and you mentioned it before, is the relationship building. Um, I forget the term that you use. My term is, how are you better than I deserve relationship? Because, and, and there's nothing wrong with those words, don't get me wrong, but if that's the end of your relationship, it's not much of a relationship. And so... Life Group offers you the opportunity to really get to know people that on your own you may not take the time to develop. And so, whether you call it force feeding, whatever you want to put it, it'll, it allows you to do that. The second thing is, is great food. So, you know, hallelujah. And, you know, and I actually wrote down enough said. Uh, but there is more to that. Um, how many times uh, in the scriptures does it say that great teachings occurred around the food table? And I know in, in Brother Les's and Brother Barry's group that I've been blessed in the sense that not only have we had great food, but we've had some great teaching opportunities and discussions around the food table. So don't underestimate that. It's, it's more than just great food. The third one, and for me kind of the most important thing from a life group perspective, is that this church is very, you know, if you participate in this church, you're very blessed with all the great teachings that we've had. We are very blessed from that perspective. And life groups offer you the opportunity to take what you've heard and apply it to your daily life through discussion with other like-minded individuals. I didn't say they always agreed with you or that they were the same people or the same type of individuals, but you, you have a discussion about what you've heard. So, you know, not only am I a hearer of the word, but now I'm a doer of the word if I put it into application into my life. Um, the last part of it is... is to enhance the relationship, and that, that goes from, okay, we're here on in these four walls on Sunday, we go to a life group and we're within those four walls, but then the other days of the week, are you reaching out to those individuals, texting them, having coffee with them, having lunch with them, going to sporting venues, if that's your thing, uh, with them, but experiencing life with them, and I've had the opportunity, I've got a lot of room for growth in this area, but it has allowed me to go beyond what I normally would have done on my own. So my encouragement to you today is, if you haven't ever signed up for a life group, today's your day. 
today is absolutely your day. If you also have signed up before, but you just put your toe in the water, go ahead and put both feet in and, and really take advantage of a wonderful opportunity that this church is presenting to you. We've really, had, we've really been blessed to have life groups given to us. It's, it's just like it's there for our receiving. All we got to do is reach out and take it. So I would really encourage you to do that. Thank you, Jerry. Come on, that was awesome. Come on, Anthony, come on up. Anthony's going to share with us. So tell your name and tell what group you're in and then share with us. Sir, you got, what did you got here? Well, he, well, he's a professor, so I was like, he go teach us, teach us right now. <laughs> Sir, we love you. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak. Uh, my name is uh, Anthony Urum from Nigeria. Uh, I've been here since 2011. And uh, <clears throat> I was going to start a different way, but Pastor Jordan mentioned something about uh, the quarry. I've been here since 2011, and I started coming, and it was very different for me, uh, very, very different. <laughs> and, uh, but then I, I started coming to the quarry. It was very, very nice, and Chad will always invite me and Miss Marsha, and sometimes I wasn't able to make it to the quarry, but I always liked it uh, because I had a late class. Uh, I also went to IUS, but every time I would come, it was uh, very, very fulfilling every time. And then when we started the live group, uh, I had joined uh, uh, Brother Sean's live group, and it was very good. I had to change because of uh, my schedule and change it uh, to Saturday. And uh, one of the things that a live group has done for me is that it has made me uh, get rid of ignorance. Um, there, there, you know, there are things you think you know until somebody, and you know, on Sunday, sometimes things get over your head uh, when you know people don't really go into details about things like that, but in life group you sit down and talk, and things you thought you understood you really didn't until uh, you you really talk with somebody about it, um, and also it gets rid of ignorance in terms of how you see other people. You never know what people are going through. You think you are the only one drowning in, until <laughs> <laughs> you you think you are the only one drowning until you. Talk to somebody and you're like, oh, that's really that bad, uh, you know. Uh, so that's that's one uh, thing that Life Group has done for me. The second thing is that it helped. It has helped me become vulnerable to speak up about things. Um, it, there's just no two ways about it. I really don't like, you know. I'm one of those people that Pastor Jordan talks about, you know, stay by yourself. Uh, but when you're in a live group with time, you open up and you talk about things and people are able to tell you things that you need to hear correct you. Uh, uh, last year, I uh, lost a member of uh, my American family. So I was in the hospital and I called Brother Jim. Uh, I called him, Brother Jim, I don't know what to do. Uh, I can't even remember, but he just talked and we just talked and that calmed me down. So. If you if if you are at a stage in your life where you you feel like you can't really relate to anybody, just start with life group and something will come out of it. Um, and then the last thing uh, I think is uh, well 
that was what I mentioned in the beginning. But you know, when I came here uh, from Nigeria, it, it, it's very tough. It's very, very, very tough. And I thought I have known everybody till I started live group. I was like, oh, I don't know anybody. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, in a good way. It was, it was very, very enlightening. And a lot of the discussions we have had has been. It felt like church, and yeah. I like that feeling. I like the feeling of church, you know. It's just so great. And, I mean, uh, Brother Jim's live group, and we just talk and talk. And me, I listen most of the time because I realize I know nothing. <laughs> you, know, you know, so if you are thinking of uh, joining live group uh, or you want to give it a rest, uh, just keep coming. Just continue coming. And one day you'll get something that, that you didn't know you needed. And it, will just, it, it, it just works that way. You didn't know you need it. And somebody says it. And it answers a lot of questions uh, that you never, questions that you won't talk about, uh, that doesn't get talked about on Sundays. That's all I have to say. Wow. Thank, you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Miss Lisa Stelmler. Could you come up here? So tell us, of course I said your name, but tell us what your life group you're in and what it meant to you. Hi, I'm Lisa Stumler, and I'm in Miss Becky and Danielle's life group, which is amazing. And I recommend if you're a woman, so no men, no men allowed. Um, but yeah, this is going to be my fourth semester with them, and I'm a life grouper for life. Um, you're not going to get rid of me because I found my home, I feel like. So I just kind of wanted to start with that. Um, so kind of like um, Brother Daly said, he said, you know, you kind of have to start with the beginning when you talk about something personal. Um, so when I talk about, when I think of life groups, I just think of restoration because about three or four years ago, like, I went through this season of, and I think we can all relate, so that's why I'm going to use these words, of just rejection and embarrassment like that's the only way I can like explain it and we all have those thoughts like we've we all can relate to that word rejection and you know when you feel rejected or it's it feels constant because like it was a season of it and I just kind of felt like there's no way out of this there's no way like I don't know you know what to do or where to go sorry but um I love the, the words, the power of community, because that's where God's power manifested in my life and his love manifested in my life, you know. So, sorry, the only girl that's going to talk about life groups is going to cry, um, <laughs> which, which is what we do at our life groups. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know what the guys do at their life groups. I don't ask him what he does at his life group because he doesn't ask me what I do at mine. Um, so that's what that means to me. It just means, like, I can be myself, I can cry, and I can uh, learn how to be a godly woman because... Uh, I didn't, I mean, I'm a woman, and so I would like to be godly, and I would like to do things right, and I would like to kind of figure out 
how to be, you know, and I'm not a mom yet, so I love talking to moms. I love, you know, I, I just love the community that I've been put with. Shout out to Jill. She's really been a a rock to me. Woo-woo, Jill. And um, so just growing together, these life groups came just in time for me. You know, that season that I was in, I just knew. I was like, well, this isn't going to be forever. This isn't going to be forever, you know you know, help is on the way, you know, like, I just, it's coming, it's coming, and then just at the right time, I cannot tell you how much it has meant to me. Um, this life group is fitting for me, so if you've ever been wondering, like, well, I don't know where to go, I don't know who fits me, I don't know what these people are like, or, no, I just like being at home with my husband, and I just like blah, blah, blah. Well, your husband can't really tell you things I'm speaking from a woman's perspective to all you women out there your husband can't really relate uh every single way with you and so you need women we need we need each other we need to build each other up we need to say hey yeah I went through that too or yeah you know that'll happen it's okay here's the scripture like we're gonna make it like it's no big deal it's it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay and even if you cry it's gonna be okay um so uh, yeah, that's really what I have to say. It tears and laughter, and that's what life groups are for me. So thank you, Pastor Jordan, for letting me speak. Come on, didn't all three of them do a great job today? Hey, so if, um, did you guys get those handouts when you first came in today with a life group list? Uh, so I'd encourage you just look over that for a second, um, and I, let me actually let the life group leaders go back there to set up in the fellowship hall. So I encourage you guys look over this, uh, maybe see the times and dates which would best fit you, or maybe God's just going to speak to you and say, "Hey, you need to go to this group." But I know for a fact, maybe not every group's for you, but there is a group for you. There is a place where everybody can fit in and can belong. Once again, you know, we don't do this every week. This is every other week for like two hours, two or three hours. So everybody should be able to have time to do something like that because it's important for you. So I encourage you to look over this, and we're going to dismiss you in a second, and I encourage you just go check it out, go talk to some people. Back in the fellowship hall, we have some tables set up. Uh, the life group leaders will be back there. You can talk to them. Uh, we want you, if you want to be in a group, sign up. Now, make sure you put some information about yourself, like your email, like your phone number, so people can be in contact with you. And you could say, well, I've been in the same group every time they should know it. Please sign up and use your email and your phone number just so we make sure we have everybody's right information. So, like I've challenged you all these different semesters, give it a chance. Like Jerry said, if you put your toe in, which some of you did, jump all the way in. Because that's when you're going to get the benefits of it. Or maybe you went to a group and you're like, I like these people, but maybe it's not the right fit. You can change. It's a free country. It's a free church. You can change. You could be in a different group. And so I believe this next spring 2019 semester will be the best semester yet of life groups. So I'm going to pray, dismiss you. You can get your kids and please just at least go back there and check it out in the fellowship hall. So let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for all you've done in this service today. We thank you for 
This time of worship, time of prayer, we thank you for the testimonies shared, what life group means for us, and we thank you there is power in community. And Father, we are going to choose to be a part of doing life with other people because we know that's what's going to help us and change us and grow us into the person we're supposed to be. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen.